Welcome to the Reckoning Podcast, where we stoke a campfire, gather around, and have real-life conversations with old friends, new friends, professionals, and just shoot the shit. Reckoning all things from hunting, outdoors, beauty, entrepreneurship, relationships, life, and more. It's all just a reckoning. Can you believe it? I am back this week with a guest. I know. She's excited. (laughs) I could not be more honored to have Weston MacArthur from Rise and Shed on this week's episode. You may know him from his sweet hunting videos on YouTube, social media, or his kick-ass pearl line. Have you seen his reels? This dude can find sheds. Honestly, as you will hear in this episode, I continue to be blown away at what good people Wes is and the people he continues to sit around himself with. We discuss how he was introduced to the outdoors, finding his first shed, and how he started his YouTube channel that led into an apparel line. His story is so damn relatable, and I loved getting to hear how it all unfolded. He shares so many good, juicy tips, whether you're an entrepreneur, a shed hunter, or a wannabe shed hunter. That's me. If you saw on Instagram, as soon as I finished talking to Wes, I called Cody up and I was so stoked. I'm like, we got to find a sitter for the kids because we are going to go so hard this weekend on shed hunting. And it definitely paid off and we didn't come home empty handed. So that was a win. As it always happens when you're shooting the shit around the campfire, we end up having some pretty good laughs and also some real and raw conversations. So without further ado, let's get into it. I always love when people gather around the campfire, seeing everybody's got like a drink or a snack that you got to bring around the campfire. Like you just can't sit around a campfire empty handed. What is your go-to? Uh, honestly, I'm a Coke Zero guy. A lot of people yeah. give me shit for it, but <laughs> I like Coke Zero. And then uh, snack around the campfire. Uh, you have to have s'mores. S'mores. You have to have the mallows, graham cracker, and chocolate. You have to yeah. do it. That's like essentials, I feel, when you have a campfire. For sure. For sure. Have you ever done them with the um, the fudge stripe cookies? No. Actually, what? I've never done that. Yeah, never oh done that. Oh, my gosh. It's my kid's favorite, and it makes it easier because all you got to get is those fudge stripe cookies. You know that, like, one side's got all the chocolate, the other side's all striped. You do the mallow, and then you use two of those, and you don't have to have the graham cracker and the chocolate. That's and then true. you've got cookies for snacking too. Heck yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty good. But I do like the graham cracker cookie though. Like, I mean, I know. just as I feel that makes it. I, it I don't is. know. I'm a graham it cracker is. fan though. <laughs> got to do the OG, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you go by your, so it's Weston. Do you go by West too? Yep. Okay, Mostly cool. West. Mostly like, West? Yeah. Your friends call you uh, West mother, kind of a thing. Yep, exactly. Mother's the only one that really calls me Weston, especially like when I got in trouble. It was the whole oh. name, Weston James MacArthur. And then uh-huh. you knew you were in for something. Oh, and for it sure. It wasn't good. It wasn't good <laughs> ever. When my husband calls me Brittany, I'm like, mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know there's something wrong. So I totally get that. I'm super curious to hear how did you get introduced to the outdoors? I think, did you say we met at the hunting expo? Mm-hmm. um in salt lake city and i think you said are you from idaho no i'm actually from oh. west jordan i grew west up in jordan. west jordan mm-hmm. okay okay so how did you get introduced to the outdoors um honestly so i growing up i had a bonus dad so i grew uh-huh. up with my stepdad and my mom uh and my real father actually lived in price and so they both had backgrounds in hunting and big game and 
and fishing and all that stuff. So my real dad actually owned a pheasant farm. So I grew up hunting pheasants and chuckers and stuff. And so I had that aspect with him and fishing Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then my stepdad, he was a big, more of a big game hunter. And so I got into the elk and the deer and all that other stuff. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. They both loved fishing. So it worked out in that way, but I kind of had the upland side with my dad, uh, my real father. And then I kind of had the big game side with my stepfather, but you know, I was, I was just lucky and fortunate to have two awesome individuals that were passionate about the outdoors. And, you know, this is, you know, do what I do because of them. Yeah, that's incredible. I always love hearing how it gets passed down to generations. And if you're able to continue that on, you know, possibly with your daughter, how neat that is that there's going to be a lot of things that you learned from one of them that one day you'll be repeating possibly to her. And that's oh, always so cool absolutely. to hear. <laughs> no, and th- th- it's kind of funny. The wife jokes around like, when do you think you're just going to be able to take her out? You know, like she's going to have to grow up and, you know, be able to walk on her own. I'm like, oh, no, she'll go in a backpack. We'll, yeah. we'll get after it here, <laughs> hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. I got a Kilty backpack for my little guy and it it was you awesome. like that? You I like loved that it. Stuff? I loved it. And it's, it's funny. We actually, he's six now. Well, he's going to be six. But we kept the Kelty until like literally January. And I think I was just in denial of the fact that I he can't fit in that backpack anymore. Yeah, and I he was you. too. He was like, no, what? I'm like, yeah, sorry, dude. Your time's up. You gotta, you gotta hike. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I, I bet that was good cardio for you though. Oh, it was. Around. It was so good. And it too, they sit and like look left and right over your shoulder. So you also have the like the swinging aspect as they're looking for horns and looking all over the place. But yeah, they get a different point of view. So I totally, I recommend the Kelty. I loved my Kelty and they have See, all the different attachments for, you know, the visors and everything. So awesome. it was a good way to go. So definitely recommend. Well, I'm definitely going to have to do that. Then. Yeah, do for sure. What, do you remember your very first experience hunting or fishing? Like the only reason I think I remember is because we have pictures Okay. like the very first time I was around deer and stuff. I don't necessarily remember that memory, according to myself, just Mm -hmm. from pictures and stuff. But the earliest memory I have outdoors is I was uh, deer hunting with my dad and I had shit my pants and he was a little upset because we had just got to the top of the mountain. How old were you? (laughs) Shoot, I was young. I was like three or four like something like that three or four but i just remember i didn't want to go outside because there was snow on the ground and i Mm. remember even like thinking i don't want to poop out here you know like this is cold it's cold (laughs) and i shit my pants and he (laughs) was not happy not happy with me and like it's not like he had an extra pair of underwear or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so that's actually the first memory like i have of being out in the outdoors and i can actually remember him getting pissed off a little bit with me and just like what are you doing like you you know better you know and (laughs) so yeah that I would say that's probably my very first memory I have or uh when we went fishing one time I remember do you you know those little ball cactuses that have like the little red flowers and stuff on them yeah I I straight up went to grab it and I had (laughs) to learn the hard way those are cactus you don't want to touch that and so yeah I remember pulling cactus out of my hands and stuff so oh, those are my man. first two earliest memories that I have. On that hunt where you shit your pants, were you, what were were you hunting deer? Yeah. Deer. Did mm-hmm. you guys get something 
after that do you remember uh no we actually because i remember him saying like well you can't just sit around and you know sit in your drawers like that yeah, and i remember we even true. like took him off and like dug a hole put him in the mountain <laughs> and just like had to off go back went. to the cabin and stuff so yeah yeah that's true i guess if you didn't have a change of pants we always joke like the running joke with our family is like anytime anyone has to poop shit's about to go down like mm-hmm. it's always good luck if someone's yeah. gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's no, always like you. make sure the guns are close. That's always when something has to go down. So I was wondering if maybe that. <laughs> no, I've actually had an ex- I've had an experience where I have literally been squatting, you know, doing yeah. my thing, look over, and there's a buck sitting right there. <laughs> oh didn't gosh. even know. Like I've been there, you know, doing my business. Had no idea. And actually left my gun, obviously, up with the pack and stuff. And so, yeah, I kind of screwed myself. (laughs) Now, you know, learning lesson, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's too funny. I always hope every time I'm like out wandering, especially being a girl, I wander farther from the truck just, you know, to go pee or whatnot. I'm like, when's my time going to come that I'm just going to wander across that really big shed because nobody else had to wander off into the bushes to pee. Mm -hmm. It's it's yet to happen. (laughs) One of these days. One of these days, my luck will come. Did you grow up filming your hunts? No. Because now that's kind of what you do for work. Yeah. uh, Never did it. We never, we hardly even took pictures. Oh. Yeah. Like my early days of hunting, like I have hardly any pictures, my first animals or anything like that. Like we were never involved with that. And honestly, even now, I still feel like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing while I'm out there and stuff. Like it's just like point and shoot, you know? And like, and sometimes I even think, why do people watch me on YouTube? Like I'm just an idiot roaming around (laughs) in the hills, just being goofy, you know? So, but no, we never filmed. We never did all that. So this was kind of, you know, all new to me. Do you remember that first shed? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was 11 years old. And we were deer hunting once again. Mm-hmm. And I walked up on this little four point And I just remember thinking like, whoa, what is this doing on the ground instead of on its head? You know, because yeah. when I was growing up, I just thought deer just kept getting bigger. Like they didn't shed. They just kept adding more points, getting older and stuff like that. And I remember asking my dad, like, what is this? And he goes, it's it's a shed. I'm like, yeah, but why is it on the ground? Why isn't it on his head? And he's like, dude, they do it every year. And to me, it blew my mind. I had no idea, you know, and I was 11. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, we found a couple after that and stuff, but I didn't really get into shed hunting until like 2012. Mm-hmm. And then, because uh, I used to build cell phone towers and my buddy yeah. Cam and I, because uh, I remember him even asked me, dude, we should go shed hunting out here. And in my mind, I was thinking, what, you want to go to Home Depot and look at some sheds? Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? You know, yeah, he even register. And he's like, no, bro, like we need to go find some antlers. And we were actually in Wyoming at the time. And we decided to pick a canyon uh, that was right next to our work site. We went up and honestly, I can't remember the exact amount, but I know we found a grip load. And so even 100 yards out the truck, I found my first little four point shed. I still have it to this day. Nice. And then uh, like a hundred yards later, I found a brown deer set laying on top of each other. And from that moment on, I lost my shit. And I was just like, this <laughs> is awesome. Like, yeah. I love this. And so that's honestly how I really got into shed hunting and finding my first sheds. 
That is so cool. It really, there's literally, once you start, there's not a thrill like it. And you know, it can just be shitty, 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 but you still have that, even though you're having a crappy day, like, you know, at any moment it could just change like that. And then it just fills it again. It's so addicting. So addicting. Trust me. I've gone 15 (laughs) mile days and got my ass kicked and not find anything and then find one right next to the truck. Oh yeah. Yeah. it, It happens. Now that we know kind of the backstory of your outdoor experience and your first shed and really getting addicted to it, how did the filming start and get into the nitty gritty of how you're doing what you're doing now? All righty. So it was back in 2014. I was just recently married with my wife. We were Mm -hmm. sitting down on the couch in our first apartment and we were watching YouTube and come across Eric Chesser's Fireball video. I watched that video and I obviously I loved it, like the whole story behind it and how it all went down. I, and I fell in love with that aspect of filming your adventure. Mm-hmm. And I remember after the video, I turned to my wife and I was like, this is what I want to do for a living. And she looks at me, she's like, he, YouTube? And I was like, <laughs> no, like, I mean, yes, but no, like I want to film hunts for a living. Like I want to, you know, do something that I enjoy. Like, I love that. Like, that was so much fun just to watch. And I was like, maybe, you know, people want to watch my adventures, you know, maybe that'd be fun for somebody. And so I I made a goal basically is like, this is what I want to do for a living. Even if it started out as like a, a, a side gig or hobby or whatever, like I want to start doing that. And so from that point on, uh, my wife and I kind of made a financial goal like, hey, if you reach this amount, you can go full time, you know, and I started Rising Shed uh, doing YouTube and all that in 2016. And I was a weekend warrior and mostly mm-hmm. Saturdays, it, but I didn't hardly miss any Saturdays. Like my wife knew that was my getaway. That was my escape. And so every Saturday I'd go shed hunting and then I'd film my adventures. And then sometimes we'd, you know get lucky and go on Sunday and get a two day adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. And over time I started just posting my videos and stuff. And people were like, Hey, do you have any shirts and hats? I was like, no, but I'll make some, you know? And I was even with my uh, buddy, Brian Potter. And he was like, dude, we need to make you some shirts and hats. And the very first time we went to Southtown mall and made ourselves like he even bought himself like his my own like rising shed shirt and hat and everything and so both him and i were decked out and we went shed hunting the next day i made a video about it and said hey if you want shirts and hats we're gonna have some available blah 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 well i made i made 24 shirt i mean 24 hats and then however many shirts i can't remember i think 48 shirts and uh it took me like eight months to sell through all that apparel. And I, at first I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, this isn't uh, the right move for me, you know, like, but I wasn't marketing myself. I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, Hey, I have some shirts. You want one, you know, actually, uh, cause I told you I was doing towers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I literally got to watch our company go up in flames. We had a tower fire mm-hmm. and literally when that thing happens, you're not welcome back in the industry basically. Mm -hmm. And so I did excavation for two years and I worked with another buddy and tried to help build his company. And I just kind of got to the point that I felt like I was worth more than what I was doing at the moment. 
And I was just like, man, I just want to do full-time Ryzen shed. Like, this is all I want to do. I want to go out and hike. I want to film my adventures. I want to, you know, connect with people. I want to do all these things. And like I said, my wife and I had a financial goal. Took me five years to reach that goal. And I remember one day uh, I had reached the goal, but kept on working and stuff. And I will never forget this. It was a Thursday. And... I was doing an excavation and a company had bored through our fiber optic line and a, a sewage line. Mm. And so I'm literally working in human piss and yep. shit and it stinks. I had to make my own hazmat suit. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Like, this is so dumb. After that, on our ride home, I called my wife and I said, Hey, I'm going full time with Rising Shed. And she was like, okay, let's do it. You know, and I had obviously been talking about it before, but she was super supportive. Right after I got off the phone with her, I called Eric Chesser and I was like, hey, bro, I'm going full time Rising Shed. And he was just stoked. He was like, hell yeah. He was like, I've been waiting <laughs> for this phone call, you know? And after that, I called Ben Shed Crazy because I, so Ben and Eric are basically, you know, those, those are my, my guys. Those yeah. are my dudes, you know, like, and, those guys have helped me out more than anybody in this industry. They've helped me with the whole YouTube thing, business side of things. Like they have honestly just been, you know, a blessing in disguise. Like those guys, they're my dudes. And so called both of them. They're just like, hell yeah, let's, let's roll, you know? And everybody was just super excited for me. And I'll be honest, I didn't really have a game plan. I was just going by the seat of my pants. And I'm just like, I'm just going to make this work. Like, this is just what I want to do. This is, this is it. And so I just kept going shed hunting, filming my adventures, filming my hunting adventures. And then uh, I had a family friend out in Oregon that wanted me to film his sheep hunt. And so that was the very first time that I had ever filmed a hunt. And it was a freaking bighorn sheep hunt out in Oregon out of all <laughs> things, you know. And I even looked back at that video. I was like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. Mm -hmm. But I, it, everything is just a learning experience. It's all trial right. and error. Like nobody literally wrote a book about how to film hunts for a living and go shed hunting and da, da, da. And I will say, though, it's been nice to have the circle of people that I do in my life because those are the people that have helped get me to where I am today. And that's one thing I will say about any entrepreneur or anything like that you need an army of people. Like it's hard to do it by yourself. Like you need good people in your corner and I'm huge on energy. I, I don't mm -hmm. know, like a lot of people, you know, kind of get weird with that or whatever, but no karma, karma and energy, I'm a, a firm Same. believer. Like I, I live off that shit. And so I feel if you surround yourself with good people, like-minded people that want what's best for you and you want what's best for them, that's the type of people you want in your corner. That's the type of people you want throughout your life. And I've just been very blessed to have good people in my life and especially people like yourself and your family and everybody that came out to the expos and all that stuff. Like without you guys doing and supporting and doing all that for me, like I don't grow, I don't go mm -hmm. anywhere, you know? And it's kind of hard for me uh, sometimes just because it's like people spend their hard-earned money on some of my apparel or my recovery rub or whatever the case may be and it's it I guess I have that impar imposter syndrome a little bit still just mm. it's like 
man, like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, what did I mm-hmm. do to have somebody go to my website, buy a shirt or a hat or something like that? Like, what did I do? And Eric tells me all the time, he's like, dude, you're an entertainer. Like that's yeah. people, people go to your channel to watch you because they want to laugh. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to, you know, and he names off all these things and then it's like, all right, like I, I can, I can deal with that, you know? Yeah. But it, it, I mean, it's still hard for me. It honestly really is. It's still hard for me to just get my mind around. Like I am an entertainer. I entertain people on YouTube or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's yeah. kind of crazy how it all came about, but that's that's the story, how it all happened. That is so cool. I love hearing that. And I love hearing that you reached out to somebody that was so much farther ahead than you. I think it's so important to have kind of that mentor. I'm always super surprised, too, and I don't know why. I think it's just in different industries I've been in, so many people that are more successful than you seem to not want to help. But in outdoor industry, the more people I've gotten to talk to and the badass entrepreneurs like yourself or you know the entertainers or the professional the professional hunters it blows my mind genuinely how supportive everybody is oh yeah and I, I think that goes to show just the community in general yeah absolutely it, it's good to hear that you have imposter syndrome too because I think so many people watch and see what you're doing and yet like you would never guess that really yeah never I, I just I don't know like I I think too just I kind of I guess don't have the best image of myself it's just like I'm an idiot roaming around in the hills guys like that's all it is like I'm nobody special I'm not I'm nothing you know it's just like I just enjoy what I do that's all it is I love what I do yeah and I think that goes to show and I think that's probably it I would say it's just there's so much humbleness there well, I appreciate it. And yeah. I, I believe in the law of abundance. Like I totally a, anybody that comes up to me that has a question or anything like that, I'm going to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, where do you go shed hunt? Then I won't <laughs> be I won't be answering those type of questions. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, like if anybody ever needs help or anything, I'm an open book. Like if they want to learn how to edit better, if they want to learn how to film better or what equipment, I'm an open book. I share everything just because I do have that abundance mentality. And I, I feel it's true though. Like you help other people that's going to come back to you. Oh, 1000%. And I've seen so many people in my life that are extremely successful and they are the first people that are willing to help somebody or give pointers or um, look back and say, this is what I wish I would have been able to do. And I have to say too, when we met you, obviously walking around the hunting expo, there's booths beyond booths there and you get to meet everybody and everything. And that was one thing you got to meet my 11 year old son and my six year old son and my husband. And that's when we walked away on the ride home, it was like, like Wes is just a cool dude. Like we were just so blown away about how cool you are. And I think that goes to show your energy and that abundance. So I think you're definitely out there providing that, especially because of when we first got to the expo, you were like packed full of people, man. We were like, we're going to have to wait and circle back to get Koopa's shirt. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just have a lot of awesome people that help support the brand and the mission. And it's just, it's very, it's cool though. Like even with what you just said, like it just, you know, that hits right here. Like you just get those, those butterfly feelings, the goosebumps and stuff. It's just, it's fun to hear stuff like that, but it's also just like, man, I'm just, just doing my thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Doing your thing, doing your thing. So I'm sure you had a lot of people, you know, at the expo and even just in your DMS asking you, how would you go about starting your YouTube channel? Do you have any 
pointers for somebody that's having a moment watching your videos like you had watching Eric's that are like, that's what I'm going to do. Do you have any pointers as far as here's how to start or equipment, things you would suggest and do differently? Um, honestly, to start, all you need is an iPhone or a phone. Uh, mm -hmm. I like iPhone just because it's compatible with Macs and you can just upload and download all that real quick. But all you need is a phone. You don't need the nicest gear or anything like that. And you just go out and you film everything. Uh, I would say more film is better than less film because then you can filter through. You get to choose what you want to share with people and what you don't want to share. And then you can have like a little storage of like stuff that you can just be sitting on and then just boom, come with it all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would say film everything. Um, don't worry about viewers or followers, subscribers. That is just a number. More mm -hmm. than anything, if you're consistent with what you do, that's just going to happen over time. It, it, it just is. Like, it just mm -hmm. has to. Like, it just makes sense that way. The more you do it, the more people are going to enjoy it. The more people are going to see it. And boom, you just grow that way. So I wouldn't focus on any subscribers or views or anything like that. Um, and don't worry about people that sit there and talk shit on your videos. Like a lot of people just, I feel if they're talking shit, they're jealous in my eyes. It's mm. just like, you're mm -hmm. doing something more than what they're doing, but they're just kind of upset about it. And so they're going to, you know, kind of throw in their two cents, let it go. Just yeah. keep doing your thing and let it go. But I would say just film everything, have fun with it, show some personality and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Like I know for myself, I was very afraid to actually upload a video with me talking and doing these things and stuff. And don't get me wrong. There's even still times that I'm filming myself. I'm like, I'm an idiot. You know? <laughs> like I just, I can't, it's funny because I can't stand to watch myself. Like I will edit a video. And then once I watch it through, make sure that everything, you know, is according to how I like it. Yeah, I send it out and I'll probably never watch it again just because I don't like watching myself. Yeah, just if anybody wants to start a YouTube channel, just have fun with it. Just do your thing. It doesn't matter if you're an outdoor person, indoor person, you love gaming or whatever. Just do it. Yeah. You know, like you're never going to know until you try. Do you think that the space is like saturated when people say it's too saturated? I can't get in. What are your thoughts I on that? I feel that's an excuse of you don't want to do it. Yeah. Because if you look at it, YouTube is still growing every single year. More mm -hmm. subscribers, more people watching, like even like Mr. Beast, like that guy is crushing the game. And he's just, if you have a great idea, you're never going to be oversaturating anything because yeah. people are just going to be wanting to watch that. And so I don't know. I don't feel it's oversaturated actually at all i feel like even if you were to start a youtube channel today you still have a chance to just go big time if you make viral content no, nothing's gonna stop you i i agree and i think you know your personality is going to be i think what brings people to you like we talked about energy people are going to be drawn to the person that's there and the content that you're providing so you're like in our eyes as we're watching and we're getting skunked like hell looking for sheds. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only thing we can find is Cody finding road sheds in your road shed shirt, by the way. I, I saw that. Hilarious. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I was like, that. you suck. And that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but as someone who's like, let's start with the beginner. They're listening to this. And it, for me to kind of give people like an idea, 
I had never done a lot of shed hunting until I, my husband started going when I was pregnant and I'm like, you know, it's kind of warmer. It'd be nice to get outside. We live in Utah as do you. And it's like, Oh, like we're sick of being inside. That sounds nice to go hike around and look for horns, just hike around and look for horns. Right. In quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was pregnant, I was sick of sitting at the house, just waiting for this baby to come, as you probably know when your wife was waiting for your daughter to come. And I took my little boy out shed hunting in the foothills by our house. And we would just hike around. We never found anything, but just being outdoors and doing it and being like, okay, now I really want to find a shed. That's when I was like, okay, Cody, like, let's go do this thing. Show me how to do it. We got the Kelty. Like I was saying, I had rivers on my back. He's swaying back and forth, looking for horns and singing Um, and that's kind of how I got started with just the basics. So what would you say if someone's listening to this and they're like, damn, that'd be cool. I've seen Wes's stuff. He finds horns. I would like to get outdoors. What's the basics of like, here's a good way to start looking for sheds. Your best bet is scouting. Scouting is the number one thing you could do in order to find sheds. You find the animals and you keep tabs on them. You're going to find sheds like without a doubt. As long as you don't have some dumbass go in there and push the animals mm-hmm. around and push them out, yeah. the like that's what people don't understand. If they're patient and they have you know a group of ten bucks or bulls or something like that, if they're just patient and just let them do their thing, all those bucks or bulls will drop in about the exact same area. Like you could have twenty sheds instead of maybe one or two, just because that one buck had just or bull had just shed. So if you are just patient. I promise you, like they will drop all around the exact same area. So scouting is the best thing that I could say that you could do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next best thing is obviously you want to find sign. You want to be looking for tracks. You want to be seeing poop. I get discouraged. If I'm not seeing tracks and poop, I go to another spot Mm -hmm. because you got to think about it. In a winter range, you have all these animals in about this exact same area. There's going to be a lot of sign in there. So if you're not seeing sign, I would bail. And then having good optics is always a plus. Uh, For myself, I like to get up on high vantage points and I will glass the exact same hillside a hundred times. I'll move down 50 yards and I'll glass back. As long as you get a different angle at what you're looking at. Dude, antlers hide behind sage trees or anything. Mm -hmm. Like it blows my mind what even like big elk sheds will hide behind it. It's crazy. That's, I just Um, saw your, was it your first brown elk shed you found this year? mm -hmm. You were saying that you moved just, just enough. And then all of a sudden there it was. That's exactly because it was an oak brush. And so where I was up higher, so there's oak brush right here. And then Mm -hmm. behind it was the shed. So once I moved down the hillside, I could get that angle to actually see the shed behind the oak brush. So trust me, like, as long as you're just moving, being constant with your glass, you're going to find a lot more sheds. I probably glass up 60% of my sheds. Like I do a lot of glassing, a lot of glassing. And uh, obviously the more time and the more miles you put into it, the more antlers you are going to find. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just think, oh, if I go hike for three hours or whatever in this little area, like you're, it's not like that. Yeah, you can get lucky sometimes like that. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't understand. I have put in so many miles and so much time in order to find sheds. And plus, once you do it more, you kind of know what to look for. 
mm-hmm. even when you go to different areas in different regions that have a whole different landscape it's just you kind of know what animals like to feed on you obviously know that they bed somewhere you know that they have to have water so you also want to put those kind of things into your head like okay one they need food shelter shelter water two you got to kind of figure out if you live in a snowier region, what the snow line is, because they're not going to be up at 10,000 feet and feet of snow, like Mm -hmm. they have to feed. And so you always want to put that in the back of your head too. Like what elevation am I at? Depending on where I go, I've found sheds from 4,000 feet all the way up to 10,000 feet, but it just depends on where you're at. Uh, Especially here in Utah, I feel that sweet spot is right around 7,000 feet to 8,500 feet. That's just you know, what I have figured out for myself. And so once you kind of put all these things together, it just makes one, you know, big machine of like, all right, I have this, this, and this, and this, I'm bound to find some sheds, you know, Mm -hmm. but essentially it's just finding the animals. That's how you're going to find more sheds is you have to find the animals. And a lot of people, you know, I, I get hit up almost daily. Like, where do you find sheds? You know, it's like, (laughs) Man, I just, I don't give out spots. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's just kind of, you know, something that I have learned along the way is just, yeah, you know, like you don't share that type of information. Mm -hmm. And just like anything else, if you want it bad enough, you work for it, you know, and you figure that stuff out. Yeah. And it's going to be that much more rewarding when you do actually find something. Exactly. Yes. So much more rewarding. What do you think? Is there something as you got into shed hunting that elevated your shed hunting, like anything that you figured out along the way. So let's say like someone that's intermediate and they're, you know, they're seeing sign, they're seeing poop, they're seeing tracks. They know there's water, they've seen them in there, but they're still not seeing anything. Is there anything else that you were like, this really helped me? Is it just putting in more miles, being willing to go longer and farther? That, or you can do a grid system you can take apart that whole entire area instead of walking straight lines to like certain points that you want to get to mm-hmm. go back and just grid it out. Go like however long your space is or however big your space is do hundred yard March this way, go up like 20 yards, do a hundred yards back the next, I mean the other direction and you just grid out throughout that entire area. Like, instead of just doing straight lines, you want to, you know, especially for myself, like when I find something, especially when it's big, Mm -hmm. I'll do circles around that antler. Like I'll start out at a 10 yard radius, 40 yard radius, 60 yard radius, and I'll keep doing circles until hopefully I either find the other side or I just be like, all right, F it. I got to go somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm the straight line walker. I, I see things or even on uh, when you're e-scouting or something and you mm-hmm. see an area that just looks good on e-scouting, it's like, I have to get here. Yeah. You know? So I'm like beelining it to that exact point. Right. But you got to think about all the different stuff that you're missing. So oh, yeah. if, you, you, if you find a shed on top of a hillside or something like that, or even at the bottom, I would literally grid out that entire hillside because chances are other bucks or bulls were there. And you don't know whether they kept on the bottom or they went through the middle or they went on the very top. You just, it is just a lot of time and miles, honestly, it really is. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of times too, when people think of time and miles, they're thinking 
farther miles, farther away from the truck. And a lot of times it may just be miles back and forth working that grid system versus just getting deep. Exactly. Yep, exactly. But with what you just said, I am Uh the type of person that loves to get away from the roads. I love getting away from the people. Like, that's just me. I just... I don't know. I'm just in my element when I'm out in the hills. Like that's my therapy. Same. That's my, that's my happy place. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be bugged by Joe Schmo. Oh, hell no. Like I'm that. not going out there to have conversations with yeah. people. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you go with friends obviously, but right. But even with still those friends, you know, like <laughs> those are the people that I want to yeah. associate with. Right. You know? But I'm never going to knock somebody doing what they love. Like if I see somebody else hiking, especially in the area that I've had a lot of success in or anything like that, I'm never going to knock somebody doing what they love. Like they're out there doing the exact same thing I am. They're trying Mm -hmm. to find sheds because they enjoy it and all that. So I don't know. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like, I, I respect you for what you're doing, Mm -hmm. but damn it. Why are you here? You know, like, I I don't know. No, we're that way too. Your sweet spot's a place that just have your heart too. And you're like, this is my spot, but like, obviously it's public land too. So right on cool. Are you guys finding anything, but I agree. That's my, that's my sanctuary getting out there, Mm -hmm. having time. It's my form of meditation really. Yeah, absolutely. So a little background too. Um, Yeah. uh, My real father actually committed suicide when I was 17. Mm -hmm. That's why I donate to the American foundation for suicide prevention with every cell at my website. But going with what you just said, that's your meditation. That's your sanctuary. There's literally been times that I've been hiking around and I have smelt my dad's musk. Oh, like, that gives uh, me chills. Like, uh, you know, the smell Stetson or did you, do you remember Stetson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he wore. And wow. so like, I smell that sometimes. Like, it's weird out in the hills, just, you know, doing my thing away from all the people. And all of a sudden that'll come and I always wear a necklace. Uh, my wife made me some dog tags and stuff and I don't know, I may be weird, but I always say a little silent prayer right before my hikes. I grab my necklace, rub them together, you know, and I just go out and do my thing. But yeah, it's, that's, that's my happy place. That's, that's incredible. That's where where I I just do a lot of thinking, you Mm -hmm. know, especially either for business or for life or whatever the case may be. Like, I guess some of my best ideas have come while I've been just out hiking, doing my thing, you know? Yeah, totally. No, I thank you for sharing that and being so open about that because it's so important and it really is. I think so many other people have those experiences and they're not willing to talk about them. Mm. Um, And a lot of people as I've traveled that don't understand being outdoors or hunters, the more that I talk to them about really that, that calmness that it brings, the more you can see them thinking like, okay, I, I kind of get that now. Cause I'm the same way, like with you, as far as it business, I mean, my brain, some days it's just like firing with business ideas and I'm in the middle of nowhere and can do nothing about it either. So it's like yep. typing stuff on my phone and like, Oh, well I remember and being like, and being so inspired or having those moments of doubt or having questions answered, even I think whether it is business or family or just personal stuff that sometimes you, you know, you get answers and you have those epiphanies and oh shit moments like oh okay yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely no and it's funny because i'm a convert of the church and uh i i've i've told my wife this a thousand times but like i feel the spirit 
or I have had more spiritual encounters out in the hills than any day at church. Like mm-hmm. that, that to me, that's, that's special out there, you know, like, especially like when I go with friends and stuff, like, yeah, I'm with people that I want to be around and stuff, but that's like my time, you know, that's how I choose to, I guess, spend my free time, even though I do it for a living, whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. still, when I go out and I, I do that, like, that's, that's time for me. That's like my, like you said, like I get in my Zen, you know, like yeah. that's my, that's my shit. And it's funny because uh, I just had my shed hunt giveaway and uh, one of the uh, guys that won, his name is Miles, and we were driving down to Arizona and meet up with Rogue Outdoorsman. But uh, him and I were having that energy talk and stuff. And I was like, dude, do you ever like just follow the wind? And he's like, what? I was like, do you ever just follow the wind? Like when you're out shed hunting, do you ever just have the wind take you to where you go? He's like, whoa. He's like, no, I've never really thought about it like that. He's like, I've always like listened to birds or squirrels or something like that. And if I hear a noise over this direction, like I hike it. But for myself, I really do follow the wind sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Like I'll feel the direction of the wind and I'll go with it. Uh, it, it may sound weird or whatever, no. but it, it just, that's, I don't know. I feel like I'm just connected when I'm out in the hills. That's just... Same. I don't know. No, you say that. And it's funny. I was actually thinking this and I forgot I even had this thought process last weekend walking around, but there's times where I do, I feel the wind and we're so connected with technology all the time. And a lot of times you get back out there and you don't, you don't have that connection. You don't have service anymore, which is honestly, for the most part, a really good thing. And wandering around, you're right. Just finally the sun came out this last weekend and I could feel it on my skin and walking around and feeling that breeze, I realized I was kind of like walking with my hands open like this, like you would for meditation Uh and just like walking, embracing nature. And I just remember at one point being like, if someone saw me right now, like they would be like, what in the hell is she doing? (laughs) (laughs) But it felt so good. I didn't even care. So I totally get that because it's just, it's when you can have that truly connection. And I think you said like that, find that Zen moment, there really is nothing like it. So I love hearing that you know, a cool bearded dude like you can be so open about having the moments outdoors and just following the wind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important. I, I wish more guys. And I think that's what happens around the campfire and maybe even a few of them, if you get a couple drinks in them, then they open up about, you know, yeah. being a little more like one with the wind, but some whiskey courage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it is important. And I think it's okay for people to realize like, and I, to understand if someone loves outdoors and they're always wanting to go out, maybe take a step back. If you're feeling frustrated with your spouse or whoever that they're wanting that just realize that's kind of their time to, to reconnect with themselves so that they can come back and be better for themselves and you. I think that's important too. Absolutely. I full heartedly believe that. And my wife, she, she can testify. If I get a little cranky or something like Mm -hmm. that, she's like, you need to go for a hike. Yeah. It's time. She'll straight up tell you, like, you, you need to go. Like, yeah. Yep. I've done that with my husband before. Okay, it's time. It's time for you to go, sir. Do you think over the last couple years with social media and everything that, have you seen a spike in shed hunting? Oh, yeah. There's big time? Big time spike, especially yeah. within the last probably three, four years. I'd say there's a huge spike in shed hunting. And 
like that's the thing though is like i'm not gonna get mad at mm -hmm. more people joining and doing that because what you don't understand is like when you find a shed that's a dopamine dump like oh, you major. you get adrenaline like yeah. I, I mean for myself i know i do like and it's funny like i watch some other people shed hunt and stuff and they're like oh that's a good that's a good antler you know like and just kind of monotone and stuff and they find like a 400 inch set and they're just like yeah it's right yeah no, yeah and dude like they, if i find stuff like that i'm losing <laughs> my shit you know what i mean shaky oh yeah it's it all over again it's one of my favorite things though is to take somebody out shed hunting for their very mm -hmm. first time mm -hmm. and especially when they find their first shed while hiking with myself like i i don't know i get just as jacked for other people than i do for myself you know yeah. of course there's a little bit of jealousy don't i'm not gonna lie about it like when <laughs> other people find some you know some cool stuff yeah of course there's jealousy but at the same time it's like all right hell yeah there's yeah. other stuff here you know like and so it just gets me motivated to know that there's more stuff around you know so definitely how do you feel like you continue to stay successful in finding sheds when there's more people out there consistency consistency I, I, I would say consistency, consistency with everything though. That's mm -hmm. not, not just shed hunting. That's just life in general. Like if you want to be successful and you want to do something with yourself, you have to consistently be doing something. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I, even now, like, I, yeah, I do it full time, but all these people think I hike every single day. No, like I have so many other things that I'm worrying about too, rather than just shed hunting. <laughs> like I have, you know, probably like 10 different revenue streams that I have coming in that I'm, you know, making sure everything's hunky dory with everything else, you know? Yeah. And so even still, like I'm only maybe hiking one or two days a week still. And I, I don't know. It's just, I make my own schedule though. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the benefit that I have, you know, and that's, that's something that I worked for though. Like I was consistent with that. That's something that I wanted to strive and do like, hell yeah. We're at, we're at the point now too, where I'm providing for my family and my wife can stay at home and take care of baby girl, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I do feel just being consistent is probably the best thing you can do, especially with shed hunting. Totally. And yeah, like you said, just in life in general, but I think that's the thing too, when people think of, oh, everybody's out shed hunting, la -di -da -di -da. it's like, yeah, but how many of those people get burnt out because they don't mm -hmm. realize really it's not just walking around finding sheds. Like there's so much more to it. And I just don't think, again, they're staying consistent with that. I also think it's cool too, that you touched on the fact that you created this life. Like, yeah, you may mm -hmm. look at you thinking you're going all the time, but people don't realize too, in the online space, as cool as it is being able to do YouTube, make videos, go hiking and find sheds. There's so much more in the day-to-day -day of just besides just like he's just oh, filming yeah. hunts and putting it on youtube oh no like, like that's that's the thing though is like i grind more now than i did at my nine to five job than i thought you know mm -hmm. like i did a lot of grinding then no i do more <laughs> now than i have ever done in my entire life but i enjoy it like i that's the part that i enjoy though i love the grind like don't get me wrong there's yes. times that it's just like what am i doing with my life like mm -hmm. what what have I done? What monster have I created? You know? Yeah. But no, I, I love the fact that my stress 
is my stress. I'm not worried about making somebody else money. I'm not worrying about, you know, Joe Schmo over here. Like I have to get this job done by this deadline. Da, da, da. No, like my stress is my stress. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it's cool to say like for my wife too, we want to go, go somewhere. We want to go to St. George, visit her family. All right, let's go. Yeah. You know, I don't have to check in with anybody, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, Let's, let's put it this way. If Rise and Shed didn't work out, I would have a very hard time going back and working for somebody else. I really would just because right. I've done this almost for four years now, full time. And I don't know. I love having the freedom to do whatever the hell I want to do. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. I always say too, I would always work way. I do what I do because I want to work my own schedule, but I also will work 10 times harder and longer for myself than I ever would have for any other employer. Yeah. Like it just is what it is. And you don't realize all the hours you're going to end up putting in. Exactly. I was asking my husband, I'm like, do you have any like questions for Wes or anything? And he was, we were kind of talking this last weekend as we've been watching some bowls. Now I'm going to be using your tips. I might have to leave the kids, find them a sitter so I can use that grid system and just stay out there all damn day. There you go. <laughs> when the time comes that they drop. But he was curious if you knew, like, if it's just an old wives tell or what, but he heard that after they drop, the animals like move out. It's yep. done and over. Mm-hmm. That's They will that's move true. that area, move out of that area. Yes. And they're done. Interesting. Okay. Good mm-hmm. to know. So there you go, Cody. I asked for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, typically once they shed, they'll move that air out of that area. They're done. So they're out of there. How mm-hmm. interesting. Say unless somebody pushed them out. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, and that's another big thing. Don't push yeah, the animals around. Yeah. There's a lot of different factors that go into all this stuff. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm sure you've learned a lot over the years, just watching everything. And with all the shed hunting I've done, I feel it's made me a better hunter. Oh, I'm sure. Just Being sitting watching the animals. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then there's even times when I'm out shed hunting, like I want to practice how close can I get to this animal before they mm. know I'm even here. So I don't know. I, yeah. I do it sometimes. Just sneak up on animals, just see how close I can get. Oh, same. Same. That is, and I'll do it with my little guys too. And it's pretty cool watching them being able to do that um because bow hunting has my heart through and through so that is like oh yeah that is where that's my sweet spot since i was a little girl (laughs) i was like the weird little kid i'm maybe not weird but i had a bow and my dad would try and pay me a hundred dollars if i'd wear a dress to school and nope i was wearing my camouflage jeans and my hansen t-shirt and i was going hell yeah hansen And yeah, and that was my after school activity as I'd sit in the backyard and I would sit and shoot my bow. That's badass. Yeah. Since I was just a little kid. I don't know. There's something about the bow hunt. And I think that's because one of my first memories is the bow hunt with my dad in like August. It's warm and watching the aspens flicker in the wind, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, So I same. I like being able to try and sneak up on something and see how close you can get. Yeah. Yeah. So Cooper, you met Cooper. He's my 11 year old. I think in his head too, after we sat and talked to you, he didn't realize that that was something that you could do for a living. And he lives, breathes. I mean, they've got, we have a deer decoy in my backyard right now. They pop up the tent. They're in the backyard 
calling in turkeys playing Heck pretend yeah. yeah so he just thought that was so cool knowing like wow that that's a career I could make you know mm-hmm. but he was kind of curious how many sheds do you think you pick up in a year in a year yeah I was like ah. dang Coop um it, let's put it this way it varies from year to year but yeah. between deer and elk I find a lot more deer sheds than I do elk but I would say I pick up close to 400 sheds a year wow between everything yeah nice and you're you're shed hunting other states because like you said you just got back Mm -hmm. from arizona yes ma'am. are you mainly just the western states where you're shed hunting Mm -hmm. yep so i'll i'll usually hit utah arizona and new mexico just because they do not have the shed closures Mm -hmm. but then once uh may 1st hits i Mm -hmm. i pound the shit out of nevada i love nevada and colorado and wyoming so nice I mean, trust me, I, I go all over the place. I actually don't really hit Idaho that much. I don't mm-hmm. really hit Montana. And what's crazy is the best days I've ever had was in California out of really? all places. Yeah. <laughs> I, I picked up more sheds in a day in California than I have anywhere else. Wow. Yeah. That's don't, incredible. don't uh, trust me. Like even as I was driving out to California, like, like what am I doing? I, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> am I driving this far just to like get my ass kicked? You know? Yeah. No. Had the best two days of shed hunting I've ever had numbers wise out in California. Yeah, Where did you cool. get the idea to go to California? Did you know somebody? Yeah. So, uh, Hambone Hammond on Instagram, uh, David Hammond, okay. he actually hit me up and he told me, Hey bro, like you need to come out to California. Like we've been finding some sheds and stuff. And I honestly just kind of wanted to, you know, just meet people. You know, I just wanted to go out and meet somebody new and I had never shed home in California. So I was like, all right, let's try it. Yeah. But yeah, even the ride down, I even thought like, I am so dumb. Like this is (laughs) going to be the biggest ass whooping, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh no, it was complete opposite. And it was just Ryan, uh, David and Cordell and we, I think, picked up over 130 antlers in two days. It was wow. it was crazy. That's awesome. It was stupid. Yeah, was stupid. That was that's yeah. cool. Have you been back? No, that's the thing is I haven't oh. been back. Yeah, I need to I need to get yeah. back there. Make a trip to California. That's oh, yeah. cool. I like those pleasantly surprised ones. Mm-hmm. Something like that, especially that long of a drive too. Yep, exactly. So you mentioned obviously in the beginning when you were telling your story how you ended up doing apparel as well i know that's a large part of what you do obviously i keep having these rise and shed boxes show up at my house wes (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what is this cody which i'm all about clearly but um it's making me giggle the other night coop's like oh my back hurts cody's like let me let me get out this rub for you (laughs) that's awesome yeah so can you tell everybody about i know you've got a lot happening with your apparel and i I believe a giveaway too yeah Um, so yes ma'am uh so this year i have well i'm doing three shed hunt giveaways and so right now this month you have only i think what three days left one day left yeah. when's the 31st what's today the tomorrow 29th, yeah, oh, it's oh shit yeah, yeah i need to even be posting about that <laughs> anyway uh so 
basically I do a shed hunt giveaway where you go onto my website and you can make any purchase that will get you put into the shed hunt giveaway. It's an all expense paid. So once you meet up with me, I take care of all the food, drinks, water, all that stuff. Like just, I pay for everything, gas, all of it. And then we go to a spot. Luckily I've had some awesome friends that want to help participate in the shed hunt giveaway. And we go out to a spot and we honestly do very well it seems like every uh trip i've had with my winners we've had good trips so i'm I'm very very thankful for having good friends that want to help out and take us to some awesome spots but then even this month um if you spend fifty dollars or more at my website uh you're put in for a kafaru backpack it's a striker xl which is actually the same backpack that i use and then I now have a t-shirt subscription. And so if you sign up for that, you're put in for next month's giveaway automatically if you sign up for the t-shirt subscription. So, I mean, this is all trial and there. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing really. It's just yeah. everything. Is this your first just... time doing giveaways? Uh, so like this? Th- this is actually my third year doing Shed Hunt. Oh, cool. cool. But uh, like the first year I ever did it, I only did the one and mm-hmm. Mr. Sean Clark won that. And we went down to Southern Utah and had a great time last year. I did three. And then this year I'm doing three. Okay. And honestly, I'm doing that just because I want to help give back to the people that support me, you know? And obviously it sucks that not everybody can win. Not everybody can go out on hikes and do all that, but it's just some way that I feel better about myself that people are spending their hard earned money at my website that like, I want to be able to give back somehow, you know? And so that's even with the subscription, like I'm trying to throw in just free goodies and all that other stuff just to, you know, like show these people like, Hey, thank you. Like, I appreciate what you're doing for me. So seen on Instagram fingers crossed, hoping that they're winning. That sounds cool. I'm glad you guys had a good successful hunt too this last time around. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you have anything else exciting coming up? Any adventures? Obviously you're going to be hitting the hills shed hunting as we're right in the midst of the season. Yeah, I just have my, uh, so whoever wins this month, we're going to be going down to Wyoming. Uh, and that's, what's funny is people are like, Oh, Wyoming has a shed closure, blah, blah, blah. How are you doing that? The East side of Wyoming is open. Mm. So you can go out there. But we're going to be going out there with my buddy Preston. Uh, that should be a good time. And then after that, we'll be going to Nevada for the next Shed Hunt giveaway when that opens in May. So doing that. And then uh, I also film for a TV show. It's called Hunt Wars. And so we have some awesome hunts planned out this year that I'll be, you know, able to film. And that's that's something that I, I thoroughly enjoy doing. I love filming other people, too. Like, it's fun to do my thing, you know, but mm-hmm. when I get to actually just focus on filming, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Like, and I even love editing. I love taking, you know, raw footage and adding music to it and creating a, a feeling that people can enjoy. To me, that's fun. I don't know. But yeah. And then just obviously during the summer, hopefully we can uh, get baby girl out on some vacations, yeah. go up to the river up in Idaho, uh, Jess's family. They have a little cabin up there and stuff. And so we go up to mm-hmm. Idaho every year. And so it'll be fun to take little doe up there and, you know, just, you know, it's just going to be fun. Just learning, I guess, how to be a dad, a better parent and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, no, like I said, nobody just 
tells you how to do all these things. Oh. Nobody no. wrote a book of how like to do shed hunting and be a dad and run your business. And so, yeah, it's, no, it's I a agree. lot of fun. That's I tell all of my friends that are getting ready to have babies. I'm like, nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just like making it up as we go. Like, and yeah. everything works differently for different families and different kids. It's all so different. Up in Idaho, are you guys going to be fishing the river? Uh, we're going to try. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I just love being outdoors in general. And right. so I'll bring a fishing pole and stuff. Usually I get my ass kicked up there, but I'm still mm. just going to take it just for fun. Nice. Nice. I, uh, Cody and I want to go up to Idaho and go fish sturgeon. That is like the bucket yes. list. Yes. yes. I'm down with that. See, yeah. either sturgeon or steelhead. I want to find, yeah. I mean, catch some big steelhead too. Right. Yeah. I, I look forward to the day that happens. He used to actually work up in Idaho and he'd go try and catch him a sturgeon and he swears he caught one and just broke the line. So <laughs> where did he work in Idaho? Um, up by Idaho falls. This was like oh, okay. 10 years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Or maybe it was twin falls. I don't know. Either one up by Hagerman. Does that sound right? <laughs> I actually oh. know Hagerman too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like they have watermelon. <laughs> Are they known for their watermelons or something? I don't know. That's where we would like to go. Gotcha. It's been forever, but yeah. So hopefully, you know, maybe you can catch something. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Oh yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Where can everybody find you? Tell us all the details so they can go ahead and stalk you. So <laughs> my apparel, uh, you can find it at risingshed.com. Uh, that's also my tag on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, just rise and shed. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Wes. And then hopefully maybe we can get you back like closer to the fall or whatever and see how all those uh, giveaway hunts went. That would be awesome. Absolutely. No, thank you. I appreciate cool. you taking the time and having me on. Please don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. It seriously helps more than you know. If you took something away from this podcast or you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of you listening to it or a selfie and tag us on Instagram at The Reckoning Podcast or me at Brittany.long. We're excited to chat with you next week.